Welcome to The Conversation. This podcast is produced by QSource as part of Medicare's quality improvement organization efforts to share information, educate clinical staff, and encourage improvement through best practices. Each episode discusses a topic that is timely and applicable to you, your staff, and your patients. In this episode, the conversation is about chronic disease and health in the black male culture and how a barbershop is the perfect place to discuss medical issues that often get ignored because of societal stigma. Quality improvement specialists Kathy Ray and Don Gettinger lead a conversation with James Garnett from the Indiana Commission for the Social Status of Black Males and Lisa Washington from the Minority Health Alliance of Howard County. Now, let's get this conversation started. Well, we want to welcome everyone back to the conversation. Today, we are lucky to have two special guests joining us for a focused conversation regarding minority health and the importance of blood pressure, kidney disease screens in our community-based organizations. And James Garrett has joined us as well as Lisa Washington. So we're very happy to have both of you and we will do some quick introductions. I'm Kathy Ray with QSource. And I'm John Gettinger with QSource. Introduce James Garrett Jr. James is the executive director for the Indiana Commission on the Social Status of Black Males. And as such, he shares recommendations, measured outcomes, and proven grassroots experiences to assist Black males. The commission seeks to address the needs of Black males and improve their life as part of its mission. It requires flexibility, adapting to change, and addressing the needs of Black males across the state, all as part of the mission. Very happy to have James Garrett with us today and part of this conversation. And we want to welcome Lisa. Lisa Washington is the Executive Director of Minority Health Alliance of Howard County. She is responsible in providing health programs to educate and minimize the health disparities among the minority population of Howard County. She has worked in various areas from a nurse manager to a clinical coordinator and case manager at Howard Regional Health System. She has served also on numerous local boards and key committees, but she has been one of the leading local diabetes educators with doing many diabetes classes throughout Howard County. She's been very instrumental in community diabetes education at various venues from the local churches to the community centers, to the non-for-profit organizations, to Indiana Health Center and others. So we are very excited to have both of you join us today as we start our conversation regarding minority health and how we're managing some chronic health-related strategies. So one of our first questions, if we could just kind of circle around and talk about what is the Indiana Black Barbershop Initiative and what are some positive health impacts that it's had on the minority populations? Well, thank you, Kathy. The Indiana Black Barbershop Health Initiative is an initiative that is in its 10th year now. This is our 10th anniversary celebration. And the initiative was born out of the fact that black males have the highest mortality rate of any group or gender in the state of Indiana. And so the commission wanted to see if there was some way that we could engage black males as it relates to their health and give them 
information on health prevention and screenings. And we were fortunate to uh, be able to utilize the model by a podiatrist, Dr. William Relaford uh, from Los Angeles, California, who started the Black Barbershop Health Outreach. And so we tweaked and modified his model and we looked at where could we engage large numbers of black males in an environment where they would feel comfortable, where we could talk about health and issues related to their health and provide cursory screenings because we want our participants to understand the significance and the importance of health prevention. I've found that too many black males were managing their health by a crisis model, whereby something happens, I go to the emergency room and have them fix it or take care of it. And in our screenings, we screen for blood pressure, blood glucose, and body mass index. And so those three screens can be performed relatively quickly. And the beauty of it is our participants get their screen results almost instantaneously. And our medical volunteer breaks it down in what I'll call layman's terms for the participants, what the diastolic, what the systolic is on their blood pressure, what the blood glucose number means, how significant it is, and their body mass index and what that is about. And if those numbers are elevated, you know, ways that they can mitigate that through diet and exercise. The barbershop environment provides us a wonderful opportunity where our participants, principally black males, are very comfortable and our volunteers, they seem to trust our volunteers as opposed to going to a federally qualified health institution or a hospital to get those screening and maybe not fully understanding what the blood pressure reading is, what the blood glucose reading is. And we try to make it as simple as possible for our men and try to convey this is something that you can do periodically because it's important for you to stay on top of your health and, and try to manage your health as opposed to allowing your health to manage and dictate what is going to happen or is happening. So what I'm hearing you say is that trust, that trust is valuable and that they have a trusted resource there at the barbershop. They have um, the safety of trusting someone in that location and then you are bringing in services to that location. Absolutely. In, instead of, you know, directing the, the black males to go to IU Health or to go here or there, to get screened, we know they're coming to the barbershop. And, and again, you mentioned the trust. They have a level of trust in the barbershop. I found in the barbershops, there are conversations about current events, there are conversations about sports, there are conversations about relationships. So we just thought, why not have a conversation about health? As it relates to, we talk with men about prostate health. We don't discriminate in our screenings uh, with the initiative. We screen males and females. We even screen children if their parent or guardian pro provides consent for the screening. We've talked about breast health for women. We've talked about cervical cancer health. 
We've talked about prostate health for men. We talk about other cancers. Uh, we've had our health partners. We had the uh, Indiana organ donation folks were, were our sponsor. We talked about the importance of, of organ donation. We've also partnered with the tobacco and cessation folks to talk about quitting smoking if individuals are utilizing tobacco products. I like to think that, that we're trying to not only just blood pressure, blood glucose, and body mass index, we're looking at other health issues impacting our community, but we're performing those three screens because they're quick, they're simple, they're non-invasive. That's wonderful. Lisa, this is Don. I was wondering what your your interaction with the Black Barbershop Health Initiative is and, and what kind of impacts you've seen from it in your community. I have been um, working with James. I think I've been in my current position for about six years. And there was an executive director prior to me, Willie Stroman, who had really kind of set up a lot of community partnerships for us. Our interaction with the Black Barbershop is one of the participating communities, and I believe this will be our 10th year. We have two local barbershops that we work with. Not to rehash anything that James said, but I'll tell you that just a nursing perspective, one of the, the differences, I think, between hospital or facility-based um, nursing and community nursing is this is one of the projects that gives us an opportunity to work with them a little one-on-one. -on -one. Most of us, when we go to the doctor, we might get 10 or 15 minutes. I can say that because my husband is a primary care physician here in Howard County. And so people, you know, they have a lot of questions. And I think the barbershop is an excellent venue for it because, as James said, they have so many different conversations going on. And the barbers that we have are really on board with this. And we have also partnered um, with our local churches and um, places like Indiana Black Expo, NAACP, to get the word out for us. For the we had the luxury, I guess I could say luxury, of, you know, my husband is an internist. We also, in Howard County, have a, we've had a pediatrician who has come to work with us. March is a Kidney Awareness Month, and this is a pediatrician, a black pediatrician, who had to go through a kidney transplant, he really could talk to these men one-on-one -on -one about what their blood pressure is, why it's important for them to follow up. I don't want to get into some of the other questions, but I'll just say that I think for a lot of the participants, when they see someone who's like them and who will have a conversation with them outside of the hospital and really kind of give them, uh, you know, we give them a lot of American Heart Association information, American Diabetes Association, and so we let them know why uh, might your doctor be treating you on a certain medication? Why does your doctor tell you to avoid sodium? That's what I would add, and I think the importance of the initiative is. What are some of the fears that you're hearing on why they choose not to go see a physician? I'm just curious if we could take a deeper dive and, and listen to what you're hearing. I had a gentleman early on in the initiative tell me 
Mr. Garrett, what I don't know can't hurt me. And I had to inform him that what you don't know as it relates to your health could kill you. And we had a conversation, black man to black man. I told him that I was diagnosed with hypertension, you know, and he said, hypertension, well, well what is that? And I said, well, that's high blood pressure. Well, but you don't look like anything's wrong with you. And I said, that's why hypertension is called the silent killer. I said, because I look fine. My outward appearance looks fine. With high blood pressure, I'm a stroke waiting to happen. Who knows whatever else. And so that's why we take the blood pressure screenings and we convey to the individuals what those numbers mean. What is a healthy blood pressure range? You know, what is too low, what is elevated or, or too high and things that they can do to resolve their their blood pressure issues outside of seeing their primary care physician, you know, and getting on blood pressure medications. I also had an individual talk to me about prostate. Well, no, Mr. Garrett, I, I, I don't want anybody, you know, checking my prostate because I, you know, I, I, I don't like that. And, you know, I think my prostate is, is fine. And I said, well, do you know what your prostate number is? And he said, no, and I don't know that I want to know. And I said, well, you know, prostate cancer, if it's detected early on, there's like a 98% success rate in eradicating prostate cancer. If it's detected early, you know, and, and treatment is initiated, you know, now if it's not diagnosed until it's stage four, prostate cancer can kill you. I said, knowing your prostate number is relatively simple. You, it can be done with a simple blood draw. So when you have blood drawn for other tests and labs, have your primary care physician or, or the nurse practitioner request a PSA screen. And you want that number to be four or less. Now, if it's elevated above that, you may be directed to a urologist so that the urologist can do a prostate exam on you. As you grow older, as men grow older, their prostate becomes enlarged. And so we have conversations with them in the barbershop. As Lisa mentioned, her husband is a physician. I'm not, I'm a layperson. So when I can talk, to a black male, you know, face to face, I'm talking about things that I have experienced. And by virtue of the fact that I'm still here and it wasn't overly invasive, you too can live a healthy lifestyle. Because what we want, we want our men to have a better quality of life. And we also want them to live longer so that they can spend more time with their loved ones, their children, their nieces and nephews and grandchildren. And that's what it's all about. Health prevention is one of the key components of the initiative. We want individuals to understand the importance of health screening. So if someone has a health fair and you can go to the health fair and they're performing health screenings, as Lisa mentioned, you know, the Black Expo group there in uh, Kokomo and Howard County, they have events. The Indiana State Department of Health and Antoinette Holt, our, our good friend, uh, they do the Black and Minority Health Fair each summer during Indiana Black Expo. And they have 
upwards of 30,000 people that come through and get twelve to $1,300 worth of free screenings that people can take advantage of and share with their nurse practitioner, share with their, their doctor. And the beauty of the barbershop initiative is, again, they're coming to the barbershop for professional services anyway. I like to think of the Indiana Black Barbershop Health Initiative as a value-added component to that shop's existence on that particular Saturday. I would add to that, you know, one of the benefits that we do see is you have men who may not have insurance or they may not have a physician. And so both hospitals have been very good about providing their navigators. And we have a partnership with a nonprofit here in town that provides free dental care and free doctor-donated services. What people don't know, and a lot of them, um, as they're all sitting there, they all kind of realize they all are having similar health concerns. And Mm -hmm. so um, I I think it becomes a nice place just to kind of hash things out. Um, And, again, we have the providers there. And and a lot of times when people go into the doctor's office and get the blood pressure checked, you know, they get what we call white coat syndrome. Um, So we're hoping um, that we're getting a little more accurate reading of their blood pressure because we're not getting that coat syndrome. I was just going to, where your your blood pressure is elevated because you see that doctor person in the white coat, um, and that sends your blood pressure. So they're not getting a good reading while they're in the the, the doctor's office. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes we can kind of discuss with them is a lot of them will know, they know their family history. And so, you know, those are some things, you know, we kind of talk with them about, you. well, what can you do to improve your health a little bit? I mean, I really like the uh, barbershop concept. It has been very helpful here. We are a smaller community, but my feeling always is if you touch one person's life, you help someone. We have to chip away at this little by little. Yeah, I was just going to add that. As far as your outcomes, I'm sure maybe you could share some of those positive results that you've had so far from um, your clients that have, have received some of your information. It sounds like really quickly, just a place to share a lived experience. I've been through this. I need you to know my story so that you don't have to go into the hospital kind of thing. But uh, what are some of those? What are some of the results that you're hearing? I can tell you that over the the ten year history of the the initiative, we have seen blood pressure and blood glucose levels trending in the right direction, trending down. When we first started in 2011 and and then the second year in 2012, the data was highlighting that two out of every three screen participants had elevated blood pressure or blood glucose or both. And now we've gotten that down to just a little over 40%. Now it's just a little over four out of every 10 participants screen. What we are seeing is our body mass index is trending in the wrong direction. And I'm not a big fan of BMI because it's an international standard and it doesn't take into consideration cultural differences or other genetic differences. We see more individuals who are obese or morbidly obese. And again, uh, our medical volunteers 
talk with them about ways that they can diet and or change their diet and exercise to lower their BMI. I tell individuals, I don't meet the international standard. I never will meet the international standard for body mass index. I've made an agreement with my primary care physician that I will keep my BMI below 30. And so it hovers 26 and a half to 28. And then I have a target weight that I would like to maintain for my health and my body. That's what we want other men to consider. No one is going to be perfect. The comfort and trust in the barbershop, it's significant. And I mean, and I don't know that, that we can put a true value on how important it is because the barbershop owner, the barbers, they're a part of this initiative. They get screened. They're leading by example. I get screened in all of the communities that I travel to on April 2nd in Kokomo. I will get screened. I believe in, in leading by example. When other individuals in the shop can see, oh, well, that was relatively simple. He got screened in like, you know, three minutes. So, yeah, I think I'm going to get screened, you know, because it's free. And then the level of trust, because you're engaged with someone, as Lisa mentioned, who looks like you. And, and so you don't get that white coat shock and you don't get that sterile hospital environment, which may cause your, your blood pressure to increase. You're in a comfortable environment and it's almost second nature to you. So I jokingly say we're at the barbershop and individuals can let their hair down and, and be who they are and feel comfortable in asking questions and talking about their health. James, you mentioned this was the 10th year or the 10th anniversary. And looking at your website, there's a lot of barbershops signed up. Can you tell me a little bit about you know how many cities and barbershops you're working with this year? Yeah, we have uh, a new community that's participating. So we'll have 16 communities participating all across the state of Indiana. The newest community is the community of Muncie, Indiana in Delaware County. And we will have about 58 barbershops participating. Uh, we're going to kick off Minority Health Month, which is April, with Lisa there in Kokomo. Uh, I, I think we're going to do a statewide kickoff on their first Friday event, April 1st, and then uh, their screening is going to occur on April 2nd. And then we've got 14 other communities, April 9th through the 23rd, that will be participating and will wrap up the initiative April 30th in Michigan City. How can people get involved, James? Well, I'm glad you asked, Kathy. We've got uh, our website just went live a few days ago, and the website is very, very simple. HTTPS semicolon forward slash forward slash I-B-B-H-I dot com. And when you go to our site, uh, we've, we've got pictures, we've got how to volunteer, we've got participating communities, what their data participation is. We also have identified the shops and, and their, the shop address. So on that website, individuals can get pretty much all of the information they need to learn about our initiative. We talk about the screens that are performed and who some of our health partners are. 
like I said, they can, if someone wants to volunteer, they can volunteer through our website. We pretty much got all of our shops identified. So we don't have a tab on there for additional shops to want to participate because we don't have an unlimited resource, financial resource where we can like do all of the shops in Kokomo or Muncie or Indianapolis. I know with our budget that we can comfortably accommodate about 60 barbershops. And this year, we're going to have approximately 58 participate in those 16 communities. And your screenings, did you happen to mention COVID? Do you folks also do the COVID screens or do you rely on the medical community? I didn't know if Lisa's husband might be involved with some COVID screens. Past couple of years, we were not able to do the barbershop initiative because of COVID. The individual communities have been very involved in COVID. We do have a partner, one of the hospitals here is partnering with us, and that was one of the questions we had. Should COVID vaccination be something that we're offering? And what we've seen here is that the vaccination rate has gone down so much, and we're hoping that we're going to be in a space now where some of the COVID restrictions are going to lift. But the barbershops all had to, like everyone else doing business, had to, you know, modify their business. I guess yes and no to that. We always have lots of resources there. I will have some kits um, for anybody who needs a kit. I have a limited number, but I will provide the shops with some kits if they need some of those. And Kathy, we will have, we've partnered with the Indiana State Health Department in select communities and at select locations, we will have the mobile vaccine uh, team there to provide COVID vaccinations and, and or boosters. But we don't do an actual screen. We don't, we don't perform the, the, the COVID-19 screenings. The one thing I would add on to that is, you know, since we've been in COVID with James's initiative and the initiatives that all of the minority health alliances are doing, we kind of had to find different ways to do things. It's a yes and a no about the COVID. To follow up on, on your thought, Lisa, we do talk about tobacco use. We talk about other cancers. We're going to have the Aspire Asthma folks. They're going to team with us for this 10th year anniversary. And so we try to look at other things that are impacting Black males. In 2018, we had a focus on prostate health. In 2019, the last year we were able to, to perform screenings in the barbershops, we began a focus on mental health. We talk about mental health. We, we talk about breast health for women. We talk about prostate health for men. We talk about heart health. We've also partnered with the American Lung Association. So we talk about lung health. We're blessed and fortunate that many of our health partners provide information and resources that we make available in the shops. And if a female comes in and she gets screened and we've got some prostate health information. She may know an uncle or her father or grandfather that could use that information. 
we stress the importance of people taking the information, sharing the information, and then we leave some of those resources with the barber shop so that in subsequent visits after the initiative, they've still got some of that health information. And we would like to think that many of our participants are comfortable enough with their barber or whoever is providing those professional services that they say, well, you know, I've got this or that going on and, and I wonder if I should get it checked out. And we hope that, you know, the barbers are comfortable enough to say, know your body, know your health and pay attention to what's going on and then direct them to where they can go to get the help or services that they need for what may be ailing them. As we're sitting there and we're going through the screens with them, a lot of questions, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are questions that we're asking them. So, for instance, if we have a black male or black female there, we ask them about the smoking because what we know, so the health providers are there to answer questions. So what we know is that if someone smokes, well, you are constricting your blood vessels. So, yeah, your blood pressure is going to be a little higher. And even though there are lots of us who may not particularly like BMI, what we do know is that it does kind of give the doctors some type of screening tool for people. For instance, my husband is 6'3 and weighs about 260 pounds. So, yes, he's a lot over the BMI chart. And so we like to tell them, you know, you have to look at healthy lifestyles for you. So if you are in good shape, American Heart Association recommends 150 minutes of exercise every week. We're just giving them some of those helpful hints. Sometimes, you know, it's the sodium content. The African-American culture tends to be a culture that's very carb-heavy and very sodium-heavy. And so I, we do have some handouts that we give them that show just how much sodium can be in one particular thing. Really, most of us shouldn't have more than two grams of sodium a day. And I think sometimes when we can give them those visuals to show them that sometimes a sandwich or a burger and fries can be close to 1,500 milligrams, it kind of gives them at least a direction that they can kind of go in. And Lisa's absolutely right. And, and one of the other things that our, our medical volunteers and, and, and our non-medical do a great job on is in engaging that participant talking about their lifestyle if you've got someone who is principally fulfilling their food needs through convenience stores or processed foods or foods that are microwaved and, and aren't getting adequate levels of water and fruits and vegetables, we talked to them. And so we had a conversation with a participant in Northwest Indiana. He was drinking two of the big sugary drinks every day. And so we said, okay, well, you know, you, you crawl before you walk and you walk before you run. So can you cut that back to one a day? And then over time, cut that back to one every other day. And then eventually try to find yourself in a place where now you're only having maybe two or three of those a week. And you're supplementing the other with water or juice or something that is more healthy than just all of the calories and the sugar. And the same with the foods that they're eating out of the convenience store. But we know that some individuals don't have the access to larger grocery stores or places where they can 
have a variety of fruits and vegetables. We try to convey to them, you don't have to take out a $1,000 health club membership. Something as simple as getting 20 to 30 minutes of exercise a day, whether it's walking or going to the park, just doing something where you're engaged in an activity will benefit you from a health perspective. Well, we have truly appreciated both of you and would like to extend the invite that if you would like to come back at any point in time and update us on how you're doing and how you're expanding across the state and any additional partners or strategies or best practices, we truly cannot thank you both enough for making time to be here today. Don, any final words? No, I think this is great. I know we've, I've been in conversation with James the last couple of years and disappointed because of COVID, we couldn't do the, we couldn't do the initiative, but I'm excited about it this year and looking forward to seeing how I can help with my local, local initiative here in Terre Haute where I live. It's really exciting. Well, Kathy and Don, we appreciate this opportunity and we will be expanding for 2023. I already have a community Marion, Indiana has expressed interest in, in the initiative. And so for 2023, we may look at at least 17 communities and, and possibly 18, because I know there's been some interest from Richmond, Indiana. We can't do this without the volunteers. Lastly, I will state that I thank people like yourself. I thank the Lisa Washingtons of Indiana who step up and be community leaders. I thank all of our barbers and volunteers. We have statewide probably over 500 volunteers that participate in this initiative. And so we could not be successful with the Indiana Black Barbershop Health Initiative without the barbers and our volunteers. So I thank them. And I also want to thank our sponsors and supporters, our health partners, this is a total team collaborative effort, and it's not simply the Commission on the Social Status of Black Males that is able to successfully sponsor this initiative. It's a total statewide commitment from all of our participating communities, our health partners, and our volunteers and barbers. And on that note, we will wrap it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining the conversation. If you found this conversation of interest, we encourage you to join the conversation by visiting us online at qsource.org slash conversation podcast. The conversation was produced by QSource, the Quality Innovation Network Quality Improvement Organization for Indiana, under a contract with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Content does not necessarily reflect CMS policy.